0: hey everybody welcome to the soul food priest podcast with father ben it's great to have you it's awesome i'm here with sylvia vega and with kira roddy how you guys
1: doing doing well (laughs) yeah me too i'm I'm a little tired but (laughs) yeah here we go well last week we had the ice storm and so we got like three days of just like Mm -hmm. you know catch up from the weekend before but now i'm like i kind of yep kind of like those days and Mm. sleeping a little bit more.
0: (laughs) I can handle about two of those days and my ADHD self starts coming unglued. It's not pretty. It's not pretty. I mean, after the therapy, I'm fine, but yeah.
2: I can handle um, a lot of days. I'm not, I'm a homebody, but you, I can't handle other people, like mom, saying, are you okay? Uh, Dad, um, do you, did you cover the gas meter outside? And I'm hey. like, guys, I'm alive. Mm-hmm. You would hear from me if I wasn't. Mm-hmm. So the nervous breakdown of family members, because I live so far away from everybody else, I'm like, can you get water? Can you get milk? Can you get eggs? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm only 30 minutes away. <laughs> There's still a town yeah. where I live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But I love it. I'm a homebody.
0: Well, you you are, your family is from Mexico. Yes, they are. Chiara, your family is Italian. Uh-huh. Okay, so remind me again, um, Silvia, what is the cheese that Mexicans put on the tacos? Or like that, that cheese that, that kind of looks like feta cheese?
2: Okay, there's um, different types of cheese, but that crumbling cheese, yeah, that we just crumbly. call it queso fresco, okay. which is fresh cheese it's just a cheese that crumbles it's kind
0: of salty it's
2: kind of salty it's, yeah, yeah it, it is. and
0: in the italian tradition you guys have parmigiano reggiano mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. what kira what is your favorite cheese
1: Ooh, that's a good question i do like actually so i went one time to the hill at in st louis mm-hmm. and they said hi would you like to try a sliver of a hundred year old parmesan cheese and i was like yes i would (laughs) i nibbled at that for probably about a good 30 minutes (laughs) and savored every single because it was so potent it was so strong you could only take a little bit but it was the most amazing thing so if i say cheese my favorite cheese it would be a hundred year old Mm -hmm. parmesan cheese Mm. yeah there's
0: well you know and, and it's really funny you guys may know this but there's about Two thousand different types of cheeses in the world. There's. I figured I didn't know about two thousand. Okay, now, what's amazing is they had. uh, We've had cheese for about five thousand years. So Mm. imagine three thousand years before Jesus was born, they were still eating cheese. Mm. Nice. I mean, that's pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. It kind of started in Egypt, Mm -hmm. and um, so with. With cheese, it's pretty, and they, actually, they make tofu the same way. So you'll have you you'll have milk. They add like a curdling agent to it, one of which is called rennet, and rennet is uh, this enzyme from a cow stomach. Okay, so doesn't that sound lovely? Yummy. And what so is they'll.
1: up with the cow stomach. I know, yeah. This yeah. is not the first time we've talked about cow, cow stomachs. I'm getting you to Look, try you it. can't
0: get enough cow stomach in your life, Kira. <laughs> I'm going yeah, it to get it. Yeah, it's like you. oxygen, right? And <laughs> oh. so they add this, and then it kind of turns into curds and in whey. way. They, they scrape the curds off the way they throw out. Although I will say it's fantastic to make bread with. Mm-hmm. And then the enzymes begin to, to eat the proteins and uh and make cheese and so it's it's really cool because all over the world of course people eat different types of cheeses but um they always say the most important ingredient in any cheese is time
2: oh yes Mm time is like
0: the why because you have to age it Mm -hmm. right with the parmigiano reggiano Mm -hmm. that's what happens is they Mm -hmm. they make these huge wheels of cheese And then they age 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 right because i don't think i think with like some of the, the the queso fresco they um they don't age it i think it's like fresh
2: fun fact um i could be wrong my mom's side of the family has big businesses in the queso fresco industry um so growing up at my mom's farm we would see all the uncles and aunts make big batches of cheese so grandma taught the sisters uh, or her daughters and her sons to make cheese and two or three of my mom's siblings actually have a huge company in texas and they distribute to different places so i remember it would be a bunch of them and they would do all this different progress but it was never set down um, and give it time it was refrigerated so they would do it and they would have little mm-hmm. molds and you could taste it right away. Mm-hmm. But it was never put in time it was just refrigerated so you can get that shape and that yeah. little wheel. Yeah. But it was never Now that it, you say that they they didn't do that with yeah. fresh cheese.
0: Yeah. So it's
1: that kind of like a mozzarella too.
0: Right. Yeah, mm. exactly, exactly. And they have different grades so they have semi-soft, soft, hard. Yeah. Right, and then fresh. That, this one something just like mozzarella. Crumble so yeah. easily. Yeah. yeah. And you know and it's really neat because I mean Gosh, I, it, seriously, if I get to heaven and there's not cheese, me and Jesus are gonna have serious conversation. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, Lord, I'm sorry, this is a problem. We've got to handle this. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, he can do anything. I mean, I'm gonna be like, look, we gotta have some cheese, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, stringy cheese. Oh, I, I mean, I love it. And they have what they call. Uh, you ever heard the word satiety? Mm-mm. Have you guys ever heard Mm-mm. that? So s- satiety is the mouthfeel. If if you eat something and it's rich. And like, imagine eating shortbread that it has a lot of butter in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it. The satiety is like, I enjoy this, I like this, and that usually comes from fat. Mm-hmm. So, for something like mascarpone cheese, which is what they put in tiramisu, mm-hmm. um, that has like literally a forty-two percent butterfat rate, and so nice. yeah, Yum. and so it's got a great mouthfeel, yeah, right. So,
1: butter and cheese in heaven,
0: and co- coffee. Okay, coffee. Yeah. So tiramisu and tiramisu yes i
1: mean with butter cheese Nutella. and coffee is Nutella. Yeah, that's tiramisu. it that's it exactly
0: <laughs> exactly yeah that's i was thinking about this because um you know in the in catholicism we have uh, if you imagine time as kind of being the number one ingredient cheese it's in some ways we could kind of say that with some of the church's teaching is that they develop and grow over time and one of the things that we have Developed and grown over time is our teaching on the sanctity of life. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really fascinating because dating all the way back to before Christ, like in Aristotle, Socrates, Plato—that was circa 300 years before Christ. Even at that time, if if a child was born deformed, um, they would <clears throat> expose it, this child to the elements. In other words, they would set the child out. In the na- in nature, I mean, as horrible as that sounds to mm-hmm. us, so you can imagine the Christians were like, "Yeah, that's not going to happen." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, even in the Colosseum, when all these people were be- getting killed, most of whom were Christians, um, this is one of the reasons why, when Christianity, um, with the Edict of Milan and the fourth 14th, in the fourth century, when Christianity became legal, they put an end to all this because of the sanctity of life, mm-hmm. right? And so dating all the way back to the first century, we've been upholding human dignity. Yeah. And that's why most every mass in every part of the country or the world, you know, people are, you know, we pray for the sanctity of life. And this has really taken a lot of shape um, in the last kind of um, maybe 20 years, because it's just uh, a, a lot more people, thankfully, far more Americans now are pro-life than they used to be Mm -hmm. and they've kind of seen more the biology Mm -hmm. that life does begin at conception and uh, so it's been really beautiful to see.
2: I am just fascinated and in love in seeing um, the youth so like fired up Um, probably because it's the first time uh, in many years where I'm actually not in the youth department anymore. I, I love seeing that the youth are just out there fighting and just you know pro-life 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 and just so ignited it's the same way as the adults so that's just so beautiful to me and I love it because um that shows that us as parents are giving our kids um you know information and showing them the faith and the dignity that there
1: is Mm -hmm. uh when life from the first moment of conception
0: yeah
1: so and being the director of adult faith formation, I had a class recently in which we were talking about doctrine, dogmas, the teachings of the church. And one of the questions came up was can a doctrine or or not a dogma, but can a doctrine change or be reversed and so with that i kind of want to pose that question to you because i know that is a common question like as you said over the course of time can all of a sudden the church say oh wait nope we were wrong on what we originally taught or uh what's if if you can say that that church teaching changes what do you mean by change Mm
0: -hmm. yeah it's a great question so there's Mm -hmm there's they often delineate between discipline uh, dogma and doctrine so a discipline would be for instance like um like fasting during lent mm-hmm. right or no meat during lent um a dogma would be for instance we were talking not long ago about the dogma of the assumption of mm-hmm. mary or the dogma proclaimed by um B- uh, blessed pious the ninth on the immaculate conception mm-hmm. so these are dogmas that form part of our the the body the corpus of doctrine and so we would say to answer your question yet yeah, um they develop they don't reverse mm-hmm. okay so catholicism will never reverse its teaching on the sanctity of human life now this is one of the sad things about this unfortunately is even in our own time we have uh priests we've got bishops we have archbishops we have even cardinals if you can believe that that um not only downplay it but teach things that are really in some ways contrary to what Mm -hmm. we believe and somebody could say, "Well, that's nothing new. We've always had that." And that's true. We've always had, you know, leaders in the church, unfortunately, that have have both downplayed and taught taught basically heterodox things. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you, God. They can't change it, which you can imagine frustrates them exponentially. And so, um, and this is one of the things that always gives uh, Catholics a deep sense of solace: is that even if we have bad leaders, um, and keeping in mind most of them I think are great, mm-hmm. you know, that really they most of them adhere to Catholic faith and our teaching, but <clears throat> we've, had, we've had some bad apples, and we still do, And um, but they can't ever change it, even if they want to change it, and they can downplay it, they can uh, give the priests that try to preach on it a hard time, sadly. I've known guys that have been in that situation, um, but they can't ever change it. Mm -hmm. And so, and not only with that, but with other things too. Mm
1: -hmm. That's good. So then a couple of other questions that come to mind that I know are basic questions that people have in the pew is of course with pro-life issues of course people say well what about in the instance of of rape or all of these other injustices that might happen to to the woman why does the church still say you know pro-life and and what does that what does that mean
0: yeah so we would say like somebody would let's say that somebody says well hey look it's my body it's my rights we would say actually no it's not your body that's somebody else's body within your body Um, because that person has, uh, the, they're also made in God's image and likeness. And so as, as horrific and horrible as something like that is, that's still another human being. Um, and, and, I, and and I would say I've known uh, women that have been in very difficult situations like that that actually agree with that. You know, in the sense of like the, that this is a beautiful, they're so grateful that they gave birth uh, to this child mm-hmm. and you know, and it's and this issue comes up for instance with um, What what we would call uh, pro-choice Catholic politicians for instance that is? Um, politicians that claim to be Catholic that support uh, abortion mm-hmm. and There's no shortage of those unfortunately and you know it and if it weren't so sad It would almost be comical because they basically think I'm the exception of the rule mm-hmm. You know, this applies to everyone else except me. I'm the exception of the rule, right? I'm like, yeah, no, you're not. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work that way. Um, So ipso facto, it is impossible. It really is impossible to be Catholic and support the killing of unborn children, especially for profit. And and so, um, and I don't hesitate in saying that. I mean, this is, uh, the there really is, um, this is the consistent teaching of the Catholic faith, contrary to what people may want to think. And so we, and, and it always will be, it always will be. And, and that's really cool, because that's how it should be.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, a regular person in the pew here, um, not Sylvia, but a different person will come up and say, well, I'm pro-choice, but, Unfortunately, my daughter was in an abusive relationship or was raped, and da da da. da. Um, won't God understand that? And um, is it, you know, it was this bad situation. Um, can we remind people um, where we stand in that point?
0: Yeah, and I'll be honest with you, too, and there's a lot I could say there, but I always have to tell myself bullet points, Father yes, Ben, yes. because I have a mouth the size of Texas. <laughs> and so, um, but in in brief, we would say that um, every single human being is made in God's image and likeness, right? And which ironically is even in, I mean forget about Catholicism and theology, this is writ into the doctrine of this country in the Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident, they're obvious, that all people are created equal, that they're endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, inalienable meaning, they cannot be removed, they're Mm a tattoo. Among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And people, you know, Catholicism tends to be a target for these people because we're, you know, we have 72 million Catholics in this country, baptized Catholics, 1.3 billion around the world. So we're the largest religious body in the United States, even though here in Memphis, we're only 4.5 percent of the population. So in other words, it's easy for people to attack Catholicism because we tend to be very outspoken on Mm -hmm. this, as we should be. And um, so we would we would always defend it, of course, and um, and proudly so. You know, I think one of the things that's really beautiful—we're talking about young people. I mean, when I go to the pro-life march, I'm the oldest one there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm the oldest one, and you know, and that's why you know the the media in the last few years has referred to pro-life as quote the new normal. I love
1: it. The mm-hmm.
0: new normal. It's beautiful. I and, love it. And which is how it, I think it should be.
1: Mm-hmm. And with that idea of life, you know, that all life is sacred, when, do, when does the church say life begins? Because a lot of question, or a lot of people uh, in, the, in the secular culture now, kind of think that life can begin, you know, whenever we think it begins or when it's when it has a heart, when the baby has a heartbeat. There's all kinds of definitions. And now some people are even starting to say life begins when you're able to reason. So that's even outside of the womb. Mm-hmm. So, what does, will you clarify what the church teaches on when life begins and also what science teaches when mm-hmm. life begins? Ooh. Yeah.
0: yeah. So um, again, there's it, it, honestly, it, it depends on who you ask, but with Catholicism, our response to that is crystal clear. Mm-hmm. So we would say life begins at conception and we would say, and, and again, this is writ into our doctrine, our catechism, the saints, the popes, the councils is that um, at the moment of conception, one would receive an immortal soul. And also an immortal guardian angel to bring that immortal soul back home to God Mm -hmm. right so at the moment of conception now just to give you a little bit of of (laughs) I mean as crazy as it sounds a little bit of back history so there are people that even argue for uh, they argue that parents should have the right to terminate the life of their child up until three to six months post birth, okay? So one of those people mm-hmm. is a guy named Dr. Peter Singer who is um, sadly, um, one. he is a tenured faculty member at Princeton University and here's the irony, he's in charge of the ethics department, mm. okay? At an Ivy League institution. So him and Michael Tooley for instance, they argue that, um, that uh, a parent should have the right to terminate the life of the child three to six months post birth. Okay, and ironically, he Singer actually argues that animals, in some instances, have more right to life than human beings.
1: Is he married? <laughs> Does he have kids?
0: So again, you have a you have a, a a person who's tenured faculty at an Ivy League institution. You can imagine how many young minds this man is forming okay and it's it's sad it's sad because people buy often buy this hook line and sinker if they don't know better they'll i mean imagine that one is a young person sitting in a classroom and they're like oh well that makes sense right so this is why it's very important for us to educate ourselves on multiple levels on what not only what the church teaches but on science but then also um, to actually do research on who, who are the people forming my child's mind. Yes. When I'm thinking of sending my child to a certain institution, um, <clears throat> who are the, do research on the faculty, their positions. Mm-hmm. Almost no parents do this, right? And, and just because a university is Catholic, they could only be Catholic in name only. Yeah. What George Weigel referred to as, as, quote, false advertising, right? So, you know, you have an, in, there's plenty of institutions that I could name off the top of my head that are Catholic universities that openly, openly teach things in direct opposition mm-hmm. to established Catholic teaching, right? Now, parents, they will never bring this up in, you know, alumni meetings or fundraiser dinners or whatever. But they invite these teachers, these these speakers in for instance at a commencement address that openly would advocate for abortion at a Catholic university. Mm-hmm. Okay, this has happened many many times, mm-hmm. and so um, and by that time you can imagine they've the these young people by the way have have dropped well in excess of circa a hundred thousand dollars a year um, for an undergraduate education that didn't include graduate and. Um, and by the, by the time they graduate, they've had uh, a full plate mm-hmm. of this stuff. Wow. So not to go off on into it, but it's it's very sad in many ways because almost no parents take the time to research the mm-hmm. faculty. Mm-hmm. And what, what are their credentials? What are their, I'm not talking about how many letters do they have after their name? What do they believe? What are they teaching? Mm-hmm. And um, so it's important.
1: Yeah.
2: Very, very important. Thank you for that. Um, and also, I, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, what was that movie called? Um, God's Not Dead or mm-hmm. something? Yeah. Um, one of the things that stuck with me with that movie was the, the courage of that student, that, that young guy that stood up to his teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, he was I don't remember uh, from the movie if it was like a big university or not, but if you, as a parent, have researched and you thought everything was good, your son goes and then he gets into a situation like this. Let's bring up our children also to stick up for what they believe in, and mm-hmm. not just because everybody raised their hand, they should also raise their hand. I mean, I remember watching that movie. It's not that old, but it's got a couple. Mm-hmm. It's been a couple years. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it brought me back to high school when I was afraid or embarrassed to say I was mm-hmm. Catholic and I don't know mm-hmm. if it was middle school or high school but um, because the majority in my classroom was not Catholic and m- I might have one time been the only one but why not raise your hands so teach your children mm-hmm. to be proud and to study and know their faith in order like that young fella to even evangelize their teachers and change their minds mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah it's it's you you guys probably remember um one of our podcasts we were talking about the three things that have kind of poisoned American thought and just very briefly one of the first one is um, Americans tend to associate wants with rights I want blank therefore I have a right to blank mm-hmm. and if you say I don't have a right to what I want then you're intolerant um, the second thing is they vote on truth so 55 percent of the people in the room think that it's perfectly fine to kill an unborn child, then it perfectly, it's perfectly fine, right? And then finally, Americans, it's almost impossible for them to see outside the realm of either liberal or conservative. We see that even in the Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. Um, This or this priest, this or this parish, they're they're either liberal, conservative, nothing in between, never the twigs shall meet, we're not gonna talk, we're not, you know. And that's so sad because an adult, someone who's comfortable with their position is not threatened. By having a discussion with someone that thinks that that completely disagrees, mm-hmm. right? So if I just surround myself with people that agree with me, well, dude, I mean, how yeah. hard is that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if you're really comfortable in your position, you should actually do the opposite in some ways. You should have be able to have an adult conversation with interlocutors that that disagree with you, mm-hmm. and that's part of being a mature adult Catholic.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I would also say too that to be pro-life is to be pro-woman as well mm-hmm. um, at its at its highest. You know that uh, I just recently heard a priest give a homily at our parish the other day, a very bold homily on this on this topic. And one of the things that he said was he did p- prison ministry, and all these women kept coming to him, who were in prison, and they were admitting to them they weren't Catholic but they were admitting to him all the numerous abortions that they had and they thought you know they just said is there any hope for me is there Mm -hmm. is there any hope for me so it was obviously something in that in in that act of abortion that that did it, it it resonated with those women and it was a guilt a heavy heavy burden yeah. that they carried uh for a very long time and if not they wouldn't have gone to him to to talk to him and you know and that was that was his point they were saying is is there hope for me and he was like you know the greatest saints come from the greatest sinners and uh,
0: mm. so
1: there is there is always hope and there is always mercy and and love and but it does deeply affect the men and the women no matter how many times they say it doesn't it Mm-hmm. It is truly, truly deep. No,
0: well said. There's always healing. There's always healing. There's always mm-hmm. strength. And um, and the and, and truly, uh, S- S- Saint Paul he said that um, that in our weakness there is strength. Right? Mm-hmm. We're all weak. We're all broken. And and at the same time, that an immense amount of strength can come from that. Mm-hmm. And and the, and it's worth pointing out so a lot of men themselves you know have have healing and forgiveness to work Mm -hmm. on too so yeah yeah, um, listen if you have any suggestions for topics for us in our podcast make sure to let us know Um, please know that we pray for each and every one of you guys and your families especially those who may have experienced pain with uh, abortion or with anything else Please know that we pray for you. There's always healing. There's always forgiveness. And that's the beauty of God's grace. Mm -hmm. Don't forget to put soul in your food and give food to your soul. God bless you.